Welcome to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. This is your home for progressive, thought-provoking real talk in the chiropractic profession. Featuring the legends, the innovators, and the thought leaders that move our profession forward. And now your host, Dr. Bobby Maybe. All right, everyone. Welcome to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. I am your host, Dr. Bobby Maybe. And as we usually do with each podcast, we are going to start with some housekeeping. We have to mention our sponsors. So our sponsors, they support not only this podcast, but the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance community in general. So what does that mean? Do they just give us money? Not always, not necessarily. They provide us speakers. They provide us continuing education content for those that are members of our website at forwardthinkingchiro.com. Uh, it's really cheap to join, but uh, $79 a year, I believe, $7 a month, something like that. Uh, everyone gets a certain amount of CE per year. If you qualify for the CE, there's a huge hub of information. So if you are into learning, if you are a learn-it-all and not a know-it-all, we have a huge hub of information, uh, content, videos from all of our community members, doctors that are into sports, business, uh, marketing, practice management, clinical stuff, uh, radiology, uh, some great DAC bars continue to that, con contribute to that hub. There is tons of stuff there, and that's just one aspect of being a member. Uh, we also have a membership map and other benefits, uh, including our live events. All members get discounts to our live events and our virtual events as well. Uh, the sponsors support all that stuff, so I always want to mention them by name. Um, and they don't demand that we do this, by the way. We They just like what you guys do as evidence-informed chiropractors. They want to be part of this team, uh, and they want to know that they want you to know that they support what we are doing uh, as we attempt to move this profession into a, a forward, positive, uh, patient-centered direction. So our sponsors and partners are Jane, ChiroUp.com, China Gel, The Smart Chiropractor, Hyperice, Gestalt Education, Drop Release, The Chiropractic Success Academy. We have a new sponsor, B3 Sciences, and they have blood flow restriction technology for your clinic. Uh, so be sure to check out their information in our content hub. Uh, and we partner with World Spine Care and the Carl Research Fellows, which means we donate money to them and we make sure that we get them, World Spine Care and the Carl Research Fellows, as much uh, exposure and visibility as we can. Now, a lot of these sponsors are providing speakers for our event in Dallas, Texas, July 22nd and 23rd, 2023. It is our annual event. We are going to be better together. And you can go to our website and you can register for that event. Right now we are in early bird pricing, which is the cheapest it's ever going to be to get all kinds of continued education. Great speakers, great speakers keep volunteering to speak every single day. We're starting to have to turn speakers away now. There's going to be too much too much good time going on. Uh, one individual doctor that I invited to come to the event uh, because I love the guy. He doesn't know I love him, but I got a, pic a poster of him on my wall uh, is Dr. Cameron Golampour. I'm going French with the cam. I'm going Golampour and hoping I get oh, it right. Close region, but Persians. But yeah, actually, that was perfect saying. <laughs> and uh, could not make the event because he's got a prior engagement. So he said in uh, 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 
what would you call it, a sign of fealty or apology that he'll come on the podcast and talk with us instead. So, Dr. Cam, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Uh, I appreciate you for having me. Please tell people about where you practice, how long you've been practicing, what you're up to, some of your volunteer responsibilities that you've landed yourself in and stuff like that. General introduction. Awesome. So my name is Dr. Cameron Galopor. I go by Cam. That's clearly easiest uh, as well. My patients. I'm born and raised from Clearwater, Florida. I graduated. I was fortunate enough to graduate March 2020, the week everything shut down from uh, Palmer, Florida, the Harvard of chiropractic schools. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I practice in Tampa and St. Pete, Florida. So I work out of a private sports performance facility in Tampa and then out of a powerlifting gym in uh, St. Pete, Florida. So uh, since day one, I've had the two offices. Uh, I would classify myself as a sport and rehab-based clinician, uh, being a practice at hour intervals. Um, I am the uh, FCA or Florida Chiropractor. Yeah, Florida Chiropractic Association's uh, president for sports injuries and rehab for that council, uh, which that was recent, as well as I'm part of the fixed social media uh, advisory group. So um, been doing quite a bit, but been three years of nothing but fun since I've been out. Let's do this uh, systematically speaking. Of course. We're going to go with building a practice from essentially scratch what kind of clinical pearls come up what what effervesces when i ask you about that as something you could tell a young doc an early career doc or a student um that just right away extemporaneously comes to your mind as advice easy uh anyone that comes to shatter anyone that asks me this question the first thing i say is you have to figure out what kind of practice you want and how you want that to look in the style of how you're treating what your patients are doing. Do you want to treat for 10 minutes or do you want to treat for one hour? If you can't figure that out, then you'll never be able to determine how, what your practice is going to look like. Did you model your practice after anybody? Uh, so actually, the I was in the VA rotation. So I worked in a private hospital under Dr. Mike Olson in uh, middle of nowhere, Big Fork, Minnesota. And we treated at hour and half hour intervals. So I modeled everything under that because I absolutely love that. And now I still treat at hour and half hour intervals, but all my new patients are only hour intervals. Yeah, but your office isn't set up like a VA office. No, so it's it, part of the VA rotation. It's a weird, weird situation. Part of the VA rotation, but it was a private hospital setting. Gotcha. So it was one of the few non-VA hospitals in the VA rotation, I guess. Um, but that was mostly because we were in the middle of nowhere and it, a lot of people drove from far distances to come see us. So that's why it was hour and half hour. But again, he was more soft tissue uh, and movement based. So it was nice to be able to incorporate a lot of that stuff as we did. Yeah, this is an interesting concept that um, uh, I experienced recently because uh, I, I, it's it's really unusual near where my practice is. There's a lot of PTs that actually, uh, you know, they're kind of movement based. It's mm -hmm. it's it's a dichotomy. They're really they're like a lot of PTs in my area are really soft tissue focused. So yeah. a patient comes into my office, and of course they're coming in for uh, adjustment, of course, and and I ask them what the P because I always ask somebody if they've gone to a physical therapist what are you doing in the office? And I have them physically either show me or describe it to me. 
And they're like, well, they, you know, they rub my spots and, or those cup or they'll scrape. I'm like, so where was the loading? Where was the breathing? Where yeah. was the movement? And it's like, no, no, we don't do that. So I got to pick up that slack. Right. And yeah. I'm trying to, I was explaining this to a patient the other day. I'm like, you know, cause it's just different. It's like when I was in school, soft tissue was the rage. It's what people were learning. Right. Um, you had to go off campus and get your ART or your Graston or whatever certification that you could, because it was, I'm using air quotes. It was the hot new thing. Uh, the chiropractors that are, you know, more, you know, the ones that just kind of went out and practiced and they, they haven't stayed current. You know, they just learned whatever they learned in school. They get their continuing education to kind of move on and they live their lives and run their practices and they've been in practice for 30 years, 25 years, no soft tissue whatsoever for most of them, maybe a little warming yeah. up of the tissue. And so their patients come in out into my office and they're like, wow, the, you know, this really helps the adjustment. Like, yeah, well, no shit, Sherlock. Uh, it helps <laughs> a lot of things, you know, it's actually probably in a lot of cases more important than the adjustment. I know I said a blasphemous thing, thing there, but different strokes for different folks. That same concept now shows up when it comes to the exercise and rehab portion of chiropractic practice. It's like people who were my age, when they graduated my age, exercise was important, like stretches. And there was a little bit of lumbar stability work going on, but nothing like the quote unquote kids that graduate these days that are starting to run some pretty high-tech rehabilitation facilities so here yeah. let's do this clinical question what's your favorite tool to use in your Ooh. practice oh my favorite tool to use for ooh, for rehab or for yeah. like a yeah. um, modality? We'll, we'll, we'll do each we'll do rehab and then we'll do modality yeah okay so in regards to modality uh shockwave has my heart mostly in the sense because that really helped my name with the NLB guys. And that really what started a lot of it was because I had that. And clinically I saw great results with it, not just because they liked it, but also it was such a helpful tool help, helping build my practice. Was it necessary? No, but in the setting that I was in with the sports performance setting, it was crucial. Um, so Shockwave for sure. And I have the Kenius Medical Deactor 1500, which so luckily that's portable. So. I, I've, that's come in clutch when I've been asked to travel with that as well. Um, rehab wise, uh, BFR is something that's great. And I'm so excited that FTA or FCCA is working with, uh, uh, BFR and learning, putting out education for that, because it's something where a lot of people, well, again, kids, students, people that come shadow, like, what is, what is this three letter thing you're talking about? And patients, they have a love hate relationship with it. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Because, you know, it's, it's kind of tough. Uh, but I see in my office, I see more shoulder and knee issues than anything. But uh, that's so it's super it's super helpful when I have uh, you know, acute knee issue or someone that's post-surgical and we need to maintain that muscle mass. So I really love BFR. I have the smart tools unit and the rock cuffs. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, sorry, sponsors, for mentioning other names. <laughs> oh yeah cut, cut that part out I, no way man we're not cutting it out we're not cutting it yeah, out no. everyone is allowed to everyone's allowed to check out their own things and have their favorites we're just saying uh, yeah you know, that's it you got to check out the ones that we're putting out there too and see what works best for you uh so then Absolutely. 
we've got our young doc coming in to shadow you, and you've got a clinical pearl to offer them about what you've experienced in observation over time. What are you going to drop? Ready, go. Confidence is the most important thing. Yeah. Nobody wants to go to a doctor and hear, um, uh, I think anything like that. If you are about to diagnose someone with, and they're coming to you for help, that is an exchange of trust, right? They are trusting you to help them figure the situation out. You have to be very clear with what you're saying, say in a confident manner. And if it's something that you are, don't know what's going on, you have to confidently say, look, things aren't adding up. We need more answers and provide that map, right? Not to steal Donald Miller's you know, story brand of being the guide and the map, but that's something where I've learned if someone isn't being confident with it, then it's going to be impossible. They could be the smartest person in the room, but nobody wants to hear um, or I think prior to being diagnosed. That's right. How so, about a per- no, keep going with that. Sorry. No, I was just going to say clinically when, when people are asking you what's, or what does this do? What does this do? How does this help? You have to have five different ways to explain it because one person might get this way, but the other person might not get this analogy. So things like uh, explain pain and sticks and stones were great resources for me uh, that helped me explain different uh, pain management, uh, pain science topics, as well as same thing with modalities. I can explain shockwave BFR working this way and people are like, they look at me when I have 10 heads. So I have to at uh, the snap of a finger be able to explain it in a different way, which also shows that I actually understand what's going on because I can explain it in three different ways. That's right. Now, I don't want to break down into a full narrative here, but um, uh, we have a new front desk uh, person and she's she sees me work and she's like, how do you know all of this stuff? Like, how do you know how to deal with people like this? I think that's probably my, my strongest point besides like my hands. My strongest point is my understanding of how to connect with people on a certain level. And she's like, how do you know this stuff? And I, I break down this analogy. I'm like, I, I think there's three different, I used to think there's two different personality types, but there's three that are in our professional or professionals in general. And I use a baseball analogy. There are the professionals in our profession that they're at bat and the pitcher throws the ball and they see a ball and they swing at that mofo and they either hit it or they don't foul it off, whatever. Then there are the pros that see the ball in the pitcher's hand. You know what I mean? And they can see the positioning and they start to see the tread as it spins and they can see the ball coming at them and they know how to react based on the tread and the spin and the rate uh, of uh, velocity there. And they, they can control where they want to hit the ball. And then there's people that suck, right? And we have all three in our profession. And on, on some things over some time, if you are experienced enough, you're going to evolve into the person that sees the pitch coming instead of just swinging at the ball. Young docs don't understand that. They a lot of times they think they graduate, and upon graduation they have whatever you want to call it. They have it figured out, and it's such a martial art. Like it is Absolutely. such a way that you've got to earn your belts over time. And I really try to tell the young docs because this is a very common parlance in service and business altogether. And you nailed it. You got five, but there's probably about four. And we've all heard this one before. There are basically four personality types that are going to walk into your office. 
And you got to really size people up really quick on what kind of personality type you think they are. And that's going to direct what kind of way you communicate to them, right? A hundred percent. So you got somebody super highly emotional and they speak with their hands and they're dramatic. You, you don't have to be Tony Robbins or uh, one of those sort of lifestyle coach people that mirrors them exactly, but you've got to understand that they communicate in an emotional matter. You got people that come in and they just want to be handled. They're like, just fix my shit and don't waste my time and do it right. And those people, you don't mess around. And those people require a whole lot of confidence because you need to, there are no, right. Like you said, there's no ums. There's no, what. there's no waffling. There's no, you have to like, I got it. I got what you're saying. You've got this, this, and this, you say it back to them. This is how we're going to approach it. We can fix that here or uh, on the converse you know, you really need X, Y, Z type of therapy. And I know somebody good who can do that for you. That'll really help it for you. And we're going to get it done. It takes as much. Boom, boom, boom. Is that all good? That's kind of like the driver personality. Then you've got um, the analytical people that you really need to slow down, do the biomechanics, uh, pull out the models um, and uh, pull out the spine model and explain to them what's going on and make it make sense. And it's a totally different language. Um, and then there's the amiables and they don't really care about, they're good with everything, right? <laughs> just like, okay, yeah. cool. You're the doctor. Um, and you're absolutely right. Not just the way you connect with them, but the way you communicate the pain science, the way you cue exercise, the way you communicate what's going on clinically, the way you uh, communicate your care plan to them all centers around that, like who they are as a person. It's truly patient centered. You, dis you disagree with any of that. You're allowed to disagree by the way. I no, 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 no. I was, I was just going to say the only, and right. What do people get out of that after hearing that is okay, well, I need to do this, this, and this, but my best advice after, if I was someone listening to what you just said, is go out there and work with people because there's no way you could just wake up one day and learn how to do that. Hell no. And for me, my my background in training and working in strength conditioning in Florida State was one of the most helpful things. I worked at the Anytime Fitness next to Palmer, Florida and Cairo School. And then I know a lot of people aren't going to like this one, but when, so when I graduated during uh, COVID, I worked at the joint and that really taught me how to deal with the a-holes, the super old people. The variety. Um, the variety. Yes, exactly. Exactly. What but, we're, what we're, I'm going to just interrupt this one just because yeah, it's a, yeah. an important point. What we're tuned to is people like us. That's what we're all tuned to. And especially this day and age, uh, social media, politics, we are all like in our echo chamber of we only want to be around the people that we like and who like what we like. Yeah. That's, that shrinks down your practice possibility so much. So if I'm an emotional person and I only want, and I can only communicate with other emotional people and I don't know how to communicate to the driver or the analytical person, I'm shrinking down my practice by a third, by half. Uh, if I only want to treat people who are like marathoners or triathletes like me, uh, you know, having that niche is great. But if you can't expand the niche out a little bit, you're going to have some issues. I always say you got to have at least 10% assholes in your practice. If you're, sub, if you're subconsciously getting rid of all the jerks because you just don't want to deal with them because they're not like you, they're not listening or whatever, uh, you, you quit on the smoker. You know, told, you told the smoker to smoke, stop smoking once and he didn't stop smoking. And you're like, well, screw that guy. He's not, he's, he didn't stop smoking. Well, maybe it takes 
5,000 times of telling him and, or whatever the thing is where he kind of comes around, but you quit on him in two visits. Uh, the ones who don't quit on somebody like that two or three years later, they change their lives completely. So yeah, yeah. 100%. 100% with that. So you got to get your, you got to get your hand on bodies, right? You got to, you have to work at places like the joint or you got to volunteer somewhere. Uh, you got to be in the rotary. You, you got to be around a whole bunch of people not like you and then learn how to get along with them and communicate your value to the world. A hundred percent agree. And especially if you want to work in sports and especially higher level sports, you have a lot of personalities and egos, and different things that you have to deal with and learning how to respond to that is extremely important or you will get absolutely walked off. Even not even in sports in general, you'll get absolutely walked all over. If you can't deal with the mean person or the, the older smoker who's not listening and then transition to the sweet young person that comes in next, then you have to be able to learn to transition and tolerate certain things and how do you respond and have those kind of internal scripts in your head for when those situations, not if happen, do happen. Yeah. One thing I sort of picked up is like when anyone's in office, like whatever, whatever, it's not the barbecue at your friend's house. It's not like uh, in the grocery store. It's not um, at the bar. Whatever comes out of a patient's mouth in an office usually means something. Like they don't say anything accidentally when they're being watched that closely. You know what I mean? And it's up to you to decide whether you need to make a clinical meaning out of it or, you know, just let it go as passing. Well, in today's today's world, too, with everyone coming out of school wanting, a, you know, they all want to spend an hour with the patient. They all want to have a high value, high cost uh, practice, right? Sure. Especially more, quote unquote, air, air quote, sports and rehab based. Sure. If you're spending an hour with a person and you can't communicate with them or learn how to talk to them, which a plug for us, I feel like that is what we do best is we are not our patient's friends, but we communicate and we talk and we are on a different level with our patients and our patient experience, right? Making them laugh, horrible dad jokes, things like that yeah. is what brings people in the door. Sure. Our knowledge and everything keeps them here as well. But if you can't connect with that person for an hour, you think they're going to come back and pay you however many hundreds or thousands of dollars for six to 12, whatever more visits. No. You nailed it. That's the clinical pearl there. So, yeah, you can tell me what's more important to your practice, your ability to communicate with people or the results. Of course. And there's a million books out there, right? Um, Story Brand, Joey Coleman's book. That was good. Get Different, mm -hmm. probably one of my favorite books. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's there's so many different things. And that's just where I got a lot of these ideas. Um, and that was what I tried to do while I was in school was read as much as possible and get away far away from school to try and when I have my own thing, how can I make it different? So no, there's no, there's no shortage of ideas. That's not the issue at all. It's like, yeah. Uh, like I said, there's, there's levels to it. There's different belts and we should probably create some sort of FTCA belt system <laughs> and see who's, well, who, who's up to purple and black at some point, you know? So if you don't mind the kind of uh, the last comment I made about the people coming out of school and wanting their own practices and practicing at the hour and whole thing. Yeah. We're not leaving uh, that yet. Yeah. No, we're not leaving yeah. that. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I, yeah. I, no, trust me. That's something I can, like I said, in the beginning, I can talk a lot about that and how, not necessarily how that works, but also what you have to understand prior to doing something. 
here's one, here's one example. Um, I don't think I'm anything special clinically. Like there, there are people that I, of course I look up to and I, I always aspire to be the best I can be. And there are colleagues that are just absolutely amazing, but not to stroke my own ego or anything. I, I, other people have told me and will tell me, and then I have to, you have to admit it at some point, you are extremely gifted at what you do, doc. Right. Like, you know, people are telling you that right now and you have to sort of, okay, I have a gift. Okay. I have a gift. So what do I do with this gift? How different is my gift than anybody else's? Well, I had to take a couple days off a couple weeks ago and they had a young doc fill in for me, uh, uh, locum, right? That's what they call him, I guess. And um, that doc was horrible, was shit pan horrible. And every single patient that I saw let me know that that doctor was horrible. Now, were they a bad doctor? No. They were overly uh, clinically astute which is good, right? But they were so overly clinically astute, it made them cautious. It made them hesitant in adjustment. It made them sort of like off-putting to the patient and not welcoming. They were so focused on the clinical aspect and doing the right thing that the you forget why the patients are here. They're here to get fixed, but they're also here to feel good when they walk out the door. And quite frankly, when I was a lower belt in this profession, I didn't understand that either. I didn't care if somebody felt good when they were walking out the door. I felt I cared about the results at the re-exam or whatever. Yeah. And um, understanding that, that there's also this component where, you know, you might think what you think you might think patients need is not the reason they come in and pull out their checkbook sometimes or a checkbook. Oh my God, I'm old. <laughs> their, uh, <laughs> their debit card, you know, or whatever. You age yourself for sure. <laughs> I still write checks. I write a couple checks here and there. I signed the front of I signed the front of them and the back of them. What are you talking about? Oh man, poor guy. <laughs> but yeah, no. With, with that stuff, it's incredibly important to be able to to do handle all that communication aspect wise. Um, speaking of gifts, John Van Doctor John Van Tassel, excuse me, Doc uh, Doctor Brian Farrell. Dr. Van Tassel in the FTCA group is a perfect example of having a gift. Probably the most well-articulated man I have ever seen in, in yeah, life. He, and he, he's the one who inspired me to get into this whole profession. Without him, I would not be where I'm at. Yeah, he's a paragon. He's a, he can spin a yarn, and he's, and he's important. He's important to this profession, especially Florida Absolutely. chiropractors. Yeah, 100%. And. I was in a program in, at FSU that made me shadow every health profession. I never considered being a Cairo. I went to his office and he was working on a shoulder. And I was like, Doc, don't you just work on the back? And I have a, I have a video on this actually on TikTok. It's my most famous video. He said, don't you ever do that again. Don't you ever put me in a freaking box. I, and just kind of <laughs> sat me down and put, put me through the ringer. And I was like, oh, wow. But again, just watching him, the way he spoke to patients and how he could go from super serious to, Hey, you need to listen to me and do this to joking to the next person and things like that. That was what inspired it all in the beginning. And same thing with Dr. Frail, his associate partner. So, um, that's a, that's a gift that I had to put that in there. And you got it too. So you, you understand that it's an experience for people. It, it shows in your, um, you know, I, I can see the practice itself through your social media, like it speaks, it has a it has its own personality, its own voice. 
Um, obviously, that will carve you out your own niche that you've already carved very nicely. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the social media approach. Let's talk about some of your ideas when it comes to letting people know who you are and what you are. What what clinical, not clinical, what pearl or social media and branding do you have for young folks? Well, so I give a lot of credit to Sebastian. He is my content guy. Actually, he was just with uh, Dr. Christie and the gang at the uh, MCM thing here in Tampa, Florida recently. But So I met him through another sports performance coach, uh, had him come in for some of the athletes who were okay with it. And uh, he's also – it works perfectly because in the sports performance center, Nicole, the uh, strength coach for in the facility that I went from, he works with her as well, so he'll – go from there and literally just turn over since I have open concept office. And next thing you know, I'm right there as well. Uh, so if you are considering having someone there, first you need to find someone who's able to do that as well as then you got to decide how you're going to uh, cut it up and how they're going to do it. Cause he puts it all in a drive and he does all the great work, makes it look pretty, but I'm the one that takes it, downloads it, uses CapCut, VN, whatever app and edit it, the music, the, uh, transitions, all of that. So that is where I call that my toilet time, to be honest. Sure. Um, yeah. And I just, when I have a chance, I'm cutting those videos or editing those things and putting them together, but keeping up with the latest trends. So all of you out there who are too mature, quote unquote, for TikTok, you are behind because that is where I get a lot of ideas and concepts and popular songs or, or popular sounds that you need to be able to use. Do they take a check? Can I pay by check? Yeah. Hey, that's, that's actually a conversation we just had. It's like, hey, how do you take payments from someone outside of Edmo? Okay, sit down. Let's talk about Square for a second. Um, which that's what I, that's one of the things I help with with Fix is trying to help kind of bring out some more modern things to attract people to the page and analyzing the analytics. Uh, I'm not too crazy about the numbers on my end, at least. Uh, for my personal brand, deciding what to do, it's it, either I see something and I'm like, I like that. Let's kind of mimic something similar or just it, whatever was kind of put in the drive of pictures and videos. Let's piece together. How can this help someone? So I try and put a nice variety of clinical uh, as well as kind of just patient experience and things we see a lot, people we work with. Uh, testimonials. So I truly don't have a written out plan, but I probably should. That was my next question. Yep, If you had a map, a roadmap for it or not. Uh, well, if, if I were to start over again, right, I know a lot of people kind of like, oh, start and start producing content, right? Then that's something where I was doing. But again, my experience working in group exercise and being able to step up in front of a crowd and play high intensity music and all that. It's not, not everyone is good. at that. So you need to figure out content wise, how you are going to best be able to teach other people or to educate others. Right. I can go in front of a camera and do a one take wonder and be perfectly fine. But there's some people, the second they get in front of a camera, they shut down. Yeah. And if you're that person, then you have to practice. There's no better way to, there's no way to get better at this outside of practicing, whether that's talking in your room or and just the camera's on, but it takes reps. My best advice is practice. Do do something. Put something out there. How much of a percent 
of your time does the social media aspect consume? You call it toilet time, oh. but but kind of lay a percentage to it. Business-wise or in, li- in life in general? Because I can tell you I was scrolling TikTok a little too long last night, uh, even though I go to bed at 8.30. No, no, yeah, biz- business-wise, yeah. 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 Uh, business-wise? People start doom-scrolling uh, for sure. We all doom-scroll at some point. Of time, course. But- business-wise, oh, what, I get to the office around 7.30. I give myself about 15 minutes to create a real post, the caption, all that. Um, so not too long throughout my 50-hour week that I have for myself. Um some days are longer than others, but uh, I would say no longer than two hours a week is dedicated towards social media. But that is also my main form of work. Yeah. Yeah, because people, you know, you know, I through Chiropractic Success Academy, you know, we hear yeah. a lot of times like, uh, yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't afford that time or it takes too much time or like, it's not true. It's not true at all. Well, when you don't know, when you're not familiar with the apps, of course it takes time. It's going to be clunky at first, always. Yeah. Everything's going to be yes. clunky at first. Remember your first adjustment. Oh, geez. You know, but everything gets smoother the more you, like you said, the more reps you apply to this, the better. The more you can see the pitch coming instead of just swinging at stuff. Yeah. And that's the moral of everything is experience trumps so much, no matter, you can be the smartest person in the room, but if you don't have the experience or anything, then it, it there's a there's a line, right? A threshold in which you can only go so far. So that's what I think is what people need more of is getting out there, doing things, even how uncomfortable, how scary it sounds, and being able to, to do it and admit that you don't know know it well, and then just keep working at it. Okay, I'm. We're gonna wrap this podcast up with three hypothetical young docs that are going to come to you for a piece of advice. I'm going to give you one, each three of those, and you give your piece of advice to them, okay? Listeners might know that we really haven't talked about more experience, mid-career, late-career docs. Late-career docs, you can't tell them crap. Mid-career, they're still malleable a little bit because they're still kind of still figuring stuff out. I mean, I've been doing this for, I think, 17 or 18 years, and I still feel like it's my first day a lot of times, unless other people say, whoa, man, you really know what you're doing. I, I still feel like I'm walking into every day like it's day one. Um, so that's good, I guess, but I never feel complete. But so for you, since you're sort of still early career, but more like a, maybe like a brown belt, right? Like you're doing, you're getting it done. Oh. You're, you're going to be a guru. <laughs> you're going to be a master of your craft once you get into the purple and black belt range, which you're very, very close to. So now we're we put the, the audience you need to mentor right underneath you, which is early career and students. I'm going to give you three perspective scenarios and you give your advice to them. Scenario number one is the young doc or student that is come that is that has got it all together. They're winning. They've got all the pieces. They've got all the tools. They're uh, shit hot, right? We know them when we see them, the winners of the world. Mm-hmm. The ones where you're like, oh man, this this one, she's really sharp. Uh, what advice would you give that young doc about uh, the next two years of their practice? 
Uh, first of all, I had this conversation with myself when I graduated. Thank you for talking about me, Bobby. I looked myself in the mirror and said, you're good enough. You're, you're smart enough. And gosh, darn it. People like you. Uh, I, well, I, my, again, I, my mom calls me handsome, but I have a face for radio. So I looked at myself in the mirror and said, you don't know anything. Start from scratch, but have the same attitude of you're going to make it. My biggest thing was, right, for that student would be whatever you thought you knew going into school, the second you get out, you don't know anything. And you don't know what life is going to throw at you. So be as well prepared as possible and just be a, continue to be a lifelong learner and you'll eventually get there. Damn it. I hope the answer isn't the same for all three scenarios, but let's go <laughs> on to the next one. <laughs> the, the next one is the young doc or student that is hurting. They are failing. They, they don't get it. Um, they are damaging themselves, self-sabotage, and they don't even know it. Uh, what advice do you give to them? They're not going to listen, by the way, but you still have to give the advice. These, these folks typically don't listen. Of course. Uh, two things. This too shall pass. Remembering that although things are tough in the moment, and as long as you're continually putting in the effort to get better and improve, that the feeling of failing, not doing anything, not getting the numbers you want, will eventually go. Number two is, if you are smart enough to have a doctorate degree, at any point in time, you can leave, or if you truly fail, go get a job anywhere in the United States. So get that mindset out of your head that if you fail in this, your life is over. And that's something I personally tell everyone. It's like, look, if my practice fails, first of all, I'll do everything I can to make sure it doesn't. I can go anywhere and get a job, either strengthening-wise, even if it's managing uh, LA Fitness. I'd be perfectly fine between bachelor's, master's, and doctorate getting a job. Perfect. Uh, mine for those two would be similar. It would be like for the person who's winning, yes, you don't know anything yet. And if you are win if you are early on in career and it's getting pretty easy for you and it's you're not finding many losses, you're not losing, then you're not pushing hard enough. You've got to broaden yourself out and push even harder until you start to make yourself fray at the edges a little bit and start losing a little bit. Like we all have to find we all have to find that edge, right? We all have to find the line. Yeah. Um, those those losing situations, those bad days are the main reason uh, for the parts and things and successes that I've had in my life. And without those, as much as I hate to admit it, I wouldn't be where I am. I'm not far in any way, shape or form, but I very much appreciate all of those bad things that happened in my short career to myself and to any of the students or anyone coming out if that is happening. You will one day be grateful for that. Because you would do, you listen to the advice I would give to the second person who was hurting, failing, not winning, whatever you want to classify it as. There is no failing. There's only learning. You just have to keep the grit. And if you keep the grit through the hard parts and you listen to what's going on and pay attention and learn your lessons, you're going to win no matter what. You know, we have a rule here. We can't have a bad day. We have a character. I know it's super corny, 
<laughs> I'm into all that corny, cheesy, professional stuff. You read way too many books. Yeah, you read way too many books. Um, the third, I don't know if we want to. The third is just someone who. No, we'll, we'll cut out the third one. I'll leave that one as a cliffhanger for people. I was going to add like the person who just doesn't listen at all, but you can't tell them anything. You can't tell them anything. So we'll just leave them out. That's a pretty easy answer. All great pieces of advice. Now, what I would like you to do is tell the world, this is our infomercial part, uh, as part of the sports council in Florida. You guys have a lot of, uh, once again, air quotes, you have a lot of sport chiropractors, uh, but you don't have a lot of participation in sport events with these chiropractors. What's going on there? Well, a uh, little promo like, there. Like you need volunteers, right? Exactly, yeah. So the the reason we keep saying air quotes from uh, sports and rehab stuff is and you can learn about that, the essentials for the uh, future sport and rehab-based chiropractor on the FTCA hub. Uh, her was doing decent on there. But, uh, yeah, so we have uh, several events that we have asked people throughout the state to work. Uh, the biggest thing with us is that it is – all volunteer based. However, those volunteer experiences have been crucial in my short career. Although they haven't been officially through the council, anytime I've worked in an event, I've learned something, whether it's educationally or business wise, marketing wise, about people, about the sport that we're working, all of them. So if you are in Florida and you would like to be a part of that event, then please email the sports council at gmail.com or follow the uh, FCA Sports Council page on social media, and if you see an event that you'd like to work, just ask. Should, sometimes there's requirements, uh, right? Sometimes you absolutely have to be a CCSP, so sure. you have experience, and then sometimes there are, I don't want to call them lower level events. So sure. That's, uh, events in which, sure. Are if you've never worked a day in your life, you could do it. <laughs> are there opportunities for students as well? Yeah, students are always allowed to come out and shadow. Uh, a lot of the national students over here in St. Pete uh, come out thanks to Dr. G. He's one of the advisors for the sports council, so he brings them or national gets involved in the event. So if anyone wants to be a part of it, just ask. That's the biggest thing is we're kind of bringing these back from the dead after a few years, and we were involved in these positions, and we love to be able to provide opportunities to get people experience and Sure, a lot of the events are in the Tampa area. However, that's where I am, and that's where I know a lot of people. So, unfortunately, if you're in Tallahassee or Jacksonville, I don't know any of the volleyball or track coaches that are running tournaments, so I can't talk to them. Or if you guys are running an event and you need help, ask the sports council. That's literally our mission. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, you know, COVID fractured a lot of things, especially community community involvement things. It's Nature is healing. It's time to get back out and start volunteering and getting involved in public events uh, all over the place. That's my one, my one last little piece of advice for this podcast. Get out there and get involved, everyone. It can only do uh, good things for you. My one last piece of advice is that you can't Sorry, I have to say it. What's that? Say it louder because we got some echo there. Uh, I said if you can't take an ankle and we don't know what staff five is, you can't call yourself a sports chiropractor. <laughs> even, if you just, even if you just graduated and you like weightlifting, you can't do that. 
That's like uh, the Masonic secret handshake. You got to know that stuff or you're not in the club. Yeah, exactly. Hey, man, I'm bummed that you're not going to be at the event, but we're going to find an event for you. We're going to find a time that's right. Um, your story, not everyone knows the story, but yes, you you were challenged in your early career because, you know, the math, whatever the pieces of the puzzle didn't all fit. And then you did not quit. You had grit. You believed in yourself. Other people believed in you. The members of the FTCA rooted you on. You were uh, honest and humble in your posts uh, on the Facebook group. And it responded in great support. And you've, you've done, you've, you're doing it. I don't want to say you've done it. You're doing it. And uh, we're all very proud of you. And you're a shining example of leadership now. And uh, I'm, I'm always happy to see you walk the walk you're walking. So thank you for your time. Well, of course, Dr. Dave, I really appreciate that. Um, those are some very kind words coming from you. But again, I reach out to that group and the staff that you follow. Hey, yourself for going. Yeah. You know, the FTCA has been around for nine years, that Facebook group. Uh, the names, like, there are some names I don't know, but there are names that I, people I've never met, but I, I root for you guys. I watch, I watch what goes on. And um, you're one of the good ones, so keep keep it going. That's, that's a community, man, and uh, I appreciate that everyone that is contributing to that. And thank you for having me. However, I did pop, I'm always here to do that stuff. And if you're listening, make sure you're looking in the hub, joining all the com- or t- conferences and talks that they're offering, because it's the least you can do for all that they do for everybody else. But I'll get off my high horse, sir. I appreciate you very much, and hopefully you have a wonderful weekend. All right, you too. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bye.